0: Unsolved Mysteries, April Fool's Day.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast, uh, or as you may be thinking, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I'm Ryan from Coltsplotation.com and I'm by my co-host Martin.
0: I'm Robert Stack.
1: <laughs> do you want to do your signature phrase?
0: How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I can't, April, April, I, can't, I can't. Yeah, I can't do Robert Stack. I'm Robert Stack. No, I can't. He's do it such a such a. He does. Yeah, He has a Very. Uh, you know
1: Very uh, commanding, know, yeah, imposing and, voice. Yeah. For um.
0: Sure. And what's uh, unique? Yeah, unique for sure. Yeah.
1: He's, was he a smoker? Seems like he might have been with that voice. The way that it's. Sort of the timbre of his I voice. I think everybody in that yeah. period of time... Probably. Yeah. Smoked. He's probably sneaking off during no, our no, no, mystery no. breaks. Nice.
0: <laughs> no, man, it was the 80s. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to sneak off. You could just yeah. do it on film.
1: Well, as you might have guessed, we're doing a little... We pulled a little funny business because it's it's a uh, nearly April Fools Day when this when the, <laughs> when this episode is recorded it's uh March 27th but when it drops it'll be March 29th and that's close enough to April 1st we're not going to get it right on right on the dot but um we thought we would do a little April Fools episode because I don't think we've ever done one before uh nothing like f- themed around April Fools Day never really
0: works out that way well why bother
1: it's true. It's not really a, <laughs> not really a big thing, but you know we've tried to do almost every other season. So, we but might hey, as well...
0: if 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 this journey of the pod uh, of a podcast has taught me anything, horror movies like to scrape every nook and cranny they can find.
1: That's right. That's right. That's why I said you know we we haven't done April Fool's Day before, and so what's the perfect episode to do for April Fool's Day? But the film April Fool's Day. And now there are two different... Well, actually, there's three different April Fool's Day films. Uh, One of them is not a horror movie. So the one that we're talking about today is the 1986 slasher film April Fool's Day. Uh, But there was a 2008 remake of this film called April Fool's Day as well. And both of those films got the apostrophe in April Fool's Day incorrect. (laughs) Uh, so April Fool's Day, the day should have it should be F O O L S apostrophe because there's multiple fools on April Fool's Day, and the film versions of April Fool's Day have the apostrophe as though there's only one fool. And if you've seen who's either the, fo- of the who's the fool now, yeah, that's right, that's right. If you've seen either of the April Fool's Day films, you would know that there are more than one fool. So the apostrophe is incorrect. Just to point that out
0: <laughs> um, but anyway that's like the highest level and I, I do appreciate grammar Nazism because I'm one to correct yep. such things yep. too but that's like that's like the pinnacle right there like yeah. all, all all like all you need to do now is like make comments on like colon usage that's right and then you you're there like you're not just correcting you know spelling you're like no the apostrophe. Needs to be here. That's right. Not they yet. got it in the wrong spot. There's also a
1: film called um, All Hallows Eve, and the apostrophe is in the wrong spot in that film too. So it's interesting to point out those errors and like and how it got through so many people. It was like you know no one no one ever remarked like I think the apostrophe is wrong
0: in that. I just don't think they cared. Enough. That's probably correct.
1: So uh, April Fool's Day for 1986 is uh, sort of I w- I don't want to get into any of the sp- particular details about the film you know because there's certain things that we won't espouse on in the beginning of this portion and we'll talk about it later on as we get into the film uh but april fool's day is one of those movies that came out of the slasher craze in the 80s uh and literally one of the later films in the in the slasher uh franchise that uh was still focusing on special days of the year so as you stated there is a horror movie for almost every single occasion. Um, and at this point in time, in 1986, they were running out of occasions. So you had Friday the 13th, which we did episodes on Friday the 13th. We did pretty much one through three, and we've done, is that it? Did we only do yeah. one through three? Yeah, we did one through three in the uh, the remake. But in all of those films. And what I was
0: saying, one, for th- one through three was for J Movie Talks. That's right, for podcast. the J
1: Movie Talks podcast, that's right. Check um, it out.
0: Very nice plug again,
1: even years later. Jay's probably got to appreciate that. He's probably listening, he's like, I appreciate that. And like, somehow, they well, keep managing not, to get the, the plug in there because
0: it's not for our it's not I mean, you're not gonna no, find it in our
1: library. So, no, I know, I know. It's Someone's
0: just, gonna be like, Friday one through three, they did a three I, and a half hour marathon just, review of I,
1: three. I, three that's, films. that's right. I just keep getting impressed that like we we managed to slip a plug in there every now and then for this, this episode we did like
0: one time. Well, way you, back when, well, Jay. It's been a while. That's
1: right. He, I talked to him quite a bit on Twitter.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hit us up. <laughs> We're ready
1: to do another one. We'll do uh, four through six. No, actually, the those episodes where you do three films are, are pretty difficult.
0: Yeah, no, because for those, um, you have to do a lot of prep. I'd say for for those. for those ones, we didn't watch them together. We watched them on our mm-hmm. on our own. It's just so much prep work.
1: Um, but but yeah. Friday Thirteenth, if you you go back to those. Friday thirteenth is not like even a a day. Well, of was the year it, well wasn't even a,
0: wasn't even a thing. Yeah, exactly,
1: wasn't a thing. But they made it into a thing and made it its own uh, its own holiday. Which for the good film. for them. Good for them to make their own holiday. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's kind of cool. I like that. It's not fucking leprechaun. That's right. It's not New Year's Evil. Yeah,
1: it's they, not my
0: bloody Valentine. They made their own thing. It's not Halloween. It's not Halloween. It's not warm side of the door. I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> um, you know what the else uh, they had too?
1: You know, Happy Birthday to Me is another one where they took an occasion. This time, it's not a holiday, obviously, but it's it's still an occasion, and they made it into another horror film.
0: Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day. Yep, it's you know subverts the birth. You know,
1: absolutely. Pretty much every single occasion had been done. Pass over your dead body. <laughs> they should have done one for Passover. They left out a lot of. Uh, yeah,
0: probably maybe there is like maybe, an eighties like yeah, they, Israeli slasher film true. like you know. Yeah. Well, Han- Hanukkah, your dead body. You know, chop your body. So-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one is better. Pass over your dead body. Yeah, I know. That's a pretty said, good one. Should have stopped at yeah, that. You know, that's I right. Got, yeah. got over oversell It's just like the horror film genre. But uh, so with these like by 1986 you're running out of things to do. You you're like scraping the bottom of the barrel like what's the next holiday that you can do. And so April Fools' Day is something that's kind of surprising to me that wasn't tapped sooner, especially in the 80s craze of slasher films because it does allow you to do a lot of the same types of gags that you would find
0: <coughs> and
1: excuse Martin yeah. he's sick again. Um, it's the winter that keeps on. That's giving. right. But uh, the April Fool's Day element allows the film to tap a lot of those like gag moments and fake outs that slasher movies have been doing since the beginning um, of you know having cats jump out of nowhere or that one dick friend. Look, look at this little joke, you know exactly.
0: Yeah, oh, my
1: eye. Yeah, they it, That's like it's the epitome of all of those things in one day. And so you would think that they would tap into that a little bit earlier, but no, it took till 1986 for someone to say, "You know what? That's a good idea. We should we should set something on April Fool's Day." Um, and this one was directed by Fred Walton. And Fred Walton, I'm not really sounds familiar like with. like
0: a TV writer name for like on like Family Ties or something. You know what? Like he this, w- he like did this, write a
1: lot of TV movies. Like
0: this episode's brought you know written by Fred Walton.
1: Okay, so Fred Walton um, – well, it didn't really, the name didn't really stick out, but he did uh, direct the original What a Stranger Calls, which um, was a pretty pretty popular film uh, during that, uh, the 1970s, uh, late 1970s. Um, and he also – another one that he uh, did that was sort of would, – would be a, uh, another standout for him besides all the TV movies that he did was I Saw What You Did which is another TV movie that um, if I don't know if anybody has out there has seen it, but uh screen factory recently released this on, uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, it's a fairly good movie. Um, and this one, it's actually a, uh, an adaptation of the 1965 film done by William Castle. Um, but it's about prank phone calls basically. And so again, it has sort of that similar um, idea of, uh, prank phone calling and gags and stuff like that. It going awry. Yeah. So Fred Walton uh, directed April Fool's Day. And, uh, you know, April Fool's Day is one of those films that uh, kind of stands out because it does subvert some of the essential elements of a slasher film. Um, and like I said, I don't want to get into that too much. With So Martin, just keeping that in mind, I don't want to get into the, the spoiler parts of it until we really get into the film proper. But um, in this movie, you do have sort of a parody element to the film that plays up some of the humor aspects of slasher movies. And um, by this time in 1986, it's kind of interesting. um, Though the slasher film craze was still at a pretty high uh, point, and like I said, we're coming to the tail end of it by 1986, um, the, the franchise had already been parodied quite a bit. Uh, we had by its f- own films. Like, well, by oh, by its it. own films, but then there had also been some scary movie esque parodies already. Wacko is one of them, uh, probably one of the best of the parody films for slashers. Uh, very much like Airplane, in that it played up like very uh, Mel in humor and uh, puns and gags and stuff like that. Uh, very like very uh, weird gags sometimes. Uh, like one guy can when he gets uh, horny, he makes a lawnmower noise. That would be great.
0: Uh, how come the Zucker brothers didn't do a horror film spoof? Who the, the people who did Airplane? The Zucker.
1: Oh, person. oh yeah, yeah. Do a spoof like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I but there's there's a couple that are like that in their humor. Wacko is one of them, um, which we just reviewed on Cult not that long ago. Uh, Student Bodies is another one, which is a, a pretty shot-for-shot parody of uh slasher films set in schools. And uh, then there was also Saturday the 14th, which was <laughs> came pretty close after Friday the 13th and parodied those types of films again. So it's interesting that in its heyday, like Scary Movie, the film franchise had already parried its, parodied itself quite a bit and it still was taking off in popularity with more multiple films coming out and basically redoing things that had already been done before. So by 1986, with April Fool's Day... They were definitely looking to circumvent the regular slasher formula just a little bit here, and and uh, because a lot of a lot of films had tried to do this and either had not been that successful. Like I said, we're coming to the tail end here, so the that that whole slasher craze is sort of running out of steam at this point. So they wanted to do something a little bit different. Um,
0: it would take until a very wise man who is well versed in the genre. In Wes Craven to add those nice uh, fourth wall elements and meta. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's We're not quite there. That yet. That is true. None of these films and the the ones that I mentioned, Student Bodies, Wacko, uh, Saturday the Fourteenth, they don't really have that meta element where the characters recognize that they're in. You know they yeah. they they recognize that they're in s- sort of a slasher film and and know the rules to it. Um, it's not really the case. And those movies are even April Fool's Day. And April Fool's Day, I wouldn't call a parody in the same aspect as um, Wacko or um, Saturday the 14th or Student Bodies. Because, for the most part, this film plays out like a pretty Straightforward. straightforward slasher film. And you don't really know that you're in more of a parody element until
0: you get later into the film. Um little off topic, do you, sure. think, do you think Wes Craven would have went me- uh, meta with his, like, films if, um, Freddy already wasn't kind of, uh, the idea of Freddy being, like, in, like, a dream world and dealing with dreams? Do you think, like, the idea of, like, New Nightmare would have ever came about if it was just, like, if he didn't do Freddy, he did, like, Friday the 13th, or if he did, like, Halloween? I think it would have been a harder
1: aspect to pull off because Freddy... Like the new A New Nightmare um, does really um, stand out because it does have those meta elements and it makes sense for these characters to sort of be having their own sets of dreams about working on a film franchise like this. So I think it just lends itself because you have that... All of the films have, in some ways, a supernatural element, but Freddy's is probably the most um, exaggerated of them all. Like, Jason... He, though he's supernatural and he has he, he can really come back Ooh. from the dead and everything this that's really limited to what he can do supernaturally whereas freddy he has basically all control over dream worlds so it does make sense that you know he would want to go through the meta element there and i think that just prompted him to go even further with scream and and seek out do a straightforward slasher film yeah. but then also have meta commentary within it
0: so It's just a thought. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about it, like, we were talking about, like, spoofing and stuff. It's just like, man, if he didn't come up with, uh, you know, uh, Nightmare, like, if he did something different, probably never would have gotten there. That's true. Because, you know, New Nightmare can only basically be made because of
1: and like Halloween would never have gotten there either unless Scream uh, until Scream because you know we see yeah. Halloween um resurrection which is the one
0: which is that extreme. does yeah
1: basically <laughs> Scream and and uh that that has the same elements of Scream uh but it would never have come to fruition if Scream hadn't done it first so pretty interesting i just think that Freddy lends himself more to that style but uh yeah little off topic and
0: it might be biased on my part but cuz i grew up with it more so as the more and more we do all these slasher films from the 70s and 80s and 90s and 2000s love my 90s slashers
1: mhm those are still your favorite yeah huh? I, you know i do love my 80s slashers and the 80 slashers have a different sort of um appeal to them because they do tend to be a little bit even cheesier than some of the nineties slasher films. And they're also sort of a nice nostalgic look back at a period that I never lived in. So, you know, you kinda of have that you you kind of live it vicariously by you're, watching eighties films. You're
0: right. You're absolutely right, but in the nineties one, you know everyone that's in there. That's true. In the eighties like it's like who the hell are these schmucks? Yeah. Yeah. Was, unless it's like their first like role, like Kevin Bacon's first role on Friday the thirteenth. 90s when you're watching oh, it's one tree hill that's gonna get whacked off today. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's this true. one, it's all of Dawson's, Dawson's Creek, is Creek.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's fun. 90s are fun. 80s have their own appeal, and I think um, there's so, definitely an appeal about April Fool's Day that we'll we'll probably talk about when we get into the film itself. Big big missed opportunity on having John Saxon. <laughs> Yeah, any, any 80s movie that doesn't have John Saxon missed maybe, out.
0: Maybe it's because they said, he's like, oh, am I trying out for a role of a police officer? No, no, you're constable. Not doing, no, no Not doing that shit. Yeah. I'm a police officer. He's a, yeah, he's a detective. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a break real quick.
1: We'll do uh, our beer talk, because we do have something new on the show. And then we'll get back into April Fool's Day. So, I'll let you take it away. What did you bring for us today? Well
0: because my brackets busted happy march madness everyone my brackets busted can't care anymore about ba- uh basketball tomorrow it's america's second most important holiday right after the 4th of july we have opening day for baseball it's baseball season everybody this would be thursday or, uh thursday the 28th <laughs> that those two opening day games out in japan between the a's and mariners they don't count they don't count Opening day baseball, Thursday, yeah. in March uni- 28th. In the United States. That's right. Yankees play the Orioles at 1 o'clock at Yankee Stadium. I can't wait to hear the voice of Michael Kay. It's so soothing and so natural. So to celebrate such a great momentous day, I brought two different beers from local brewery and also baseball enthusiast, Cooperstown Brewing in Cooperstown, New York. Yep. You haven't heard me say it before. It's the nicest town of all in all of America. That's no, true. It's a, a very a, a tourist trap, if there ever was one. But the nicest town in all of America, stuck in 1848. It's great. So today I brought, and actually, for being people who live up in upstate New York and near Cooperstown, you know, only a piss take away from Cooperstown, I actually have not had that many Cooperstown beers. No, nope. uh, from the the brewer of Cooperstown. Um. So today, I brought their Backyard India Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. And I also brought something that came out especially for last year that I wanted to try, but wanted to wait to the right moment. And it's a golden ale that they made to celebrate uh, the New York Yankees 1998 Championship. So it's the 20th anniversary ale that they came out with last year to celebrate that momentous year and season the Yankees had. So, which one do you want to start off with?
1: Uh, we can talk about the Backyard Palo or the IPA first. What did you think? I think the Backyard IPA is really good. It's an English-style IPA, so it uh, focuses on both hops and malts, and it does have a pretty high bitterness to it, but at the same time, it's sort of back-ended by the malty uh, nature of this beer. And I think that that works really well. I If if you've heard me talk about on the show before, I like IPAs, but English IPAs tend to be my jam. I really like those, uh, especially because... A, di- a dime a dozen. That's right, because they're not very common. No one really makes an English IPA. Uh, there's very few, and it actually tends to be uh, areas like Cooperstown uh, that make English IPAs. Uh, the other one that I can think of is, um, there's one called like uh, Middle English, I think something like that, that makes... What is it? I think it's like Middle English or something. And it's a local... In Syracuse? Yes, yes. A Syracuse brewery. And they also make an English IPA, which is
0: very good. Um, I think it's because their whole shtick is like the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember seeing that shit in college, like at, uh, being out in Oswego, out in Central New York, City, and, uh, that stuff constantly on tap and being like, what the hell is that? Never got it, but I it does ring a bell. Um. You're Sorry, not- it's middle
1: ages anyway yeah, middle, I was, yeah. I was wrong. middle ages in they're in pale which is really good because it's again that's an english style ipa um for some reason most people aren't making them they're making american ipas and the way to distinguish them is that does it ha- does it have a really high hoppy count to it ibu count but it also has a lot of malt in it then that's an english ipa that's how the best way that i can describe it and it's really my thing because i like malts i like malty beers like oktoberfest and, and uh and styles and fest beers and then i also like ipas jam them together and you get sort of an esb or a and uh english ipa
0: yeah i agree to be honest with you i i gave it a lower rating on tap than i probably would have at first try because i wasn't expecting it uh-huh um I wasn't ex- I didn't read the can to see what you know it does have a nice description on what the hell it is but I didn't read it, it kind of popped it open I was like this is not what I was expecting for an IPA the fact that it's it's bitter but it's not overly bitter and it's very malty yep uh, I wasn't expecting that at all I expected it to be like a a typical like uh west coast style IPA with very florally and hoppy which would make sense baseball backyard you know mm. thinking hops you know mm. um very malty i do appreciate you know now that i've had a one and a half i appreciate the flavor profile of it i do you're right i i like i'm like you i also like english style ipas um they're probably not my favorite style of ipa but i do like them and i do wish it was a more prevalent style because it has something to offer it's got that nice hoppiness that you're looking for in an ipa but it's also got a very malt forward taste profile to it to give it a nice balance that you know is lacking in a lot of like west coast style ipas that are very just like hop 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 you know crisp floral pine 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 you know Mm -hmm. so i really enjoy it it's not what i was expecting um it's a style I like. I wouldn't probably go, go for it that often, but then again, for the past four years, I haven't been in the most IPA mood to begin with. So even though I do enjoy them, I just you know when I look at all of them, I'm like kind of do I want that? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but if you know, for an English style IPA, yeah, no, I I really I I do like. Lo- sounds like I'm to- bad talking, but I I do like it and um. I, to be honest with you, I would, I would would con- like this would be like a nice fall IPA. Yeah. You know, something when it's, even, it's getting cool, the leaves are turning. Yep. You know, postseason baseball starting to roll around. Break out this. I agree. It's a nice fall it IPA. It is,
1: yeah.
0: Um,
1: the second one that we had was the World Champs 20th Anniversary uh, Golden Ale. And this Golden Ale is pretty much well summed up by the back of the can as well. It's a golden ale, but it has uh, some fruitiness to it that stands out on the palate, um, and then kind of fades away. So it's not extremely fruity. You're not getting like a huge blast of juiciness or anything like that. It's a very brief and fleeting fruitiness on the palate, really quick, uh, and it doesn't linger after you you know you've swallowed and and um, it's off the palate. And I think that's really. Um, the best way to describe this, I don't even know that I could say exactly what type of fruit is in this beer.
0: No, I tried pinpointing yeah, it. I, I was like, it's kind of citrusy, but yeah. it's kind of y and it's kind of like grapey. Yeah. Like, I, I I, honestly, you know, you're right. It's like, I almost wish they said kind of like, so you could have like a, oh, that's what it is, because it's like, it's part cit- like kind of like citrusy, I don't know, like kind of like honeydew and... Yeah, so it's, it's like it's these, really like weird, to... like like mild, like mild fruits. You yeah, know? it's
1: it's super mild because it's interesting how you drink you drink it, you get that very brief fruity flavor, and then it fades away, and it's out, and you you it's it's almost so fleeting that you just can't pinpoint exactly what it is that's in it. Um, the other thing that really follows it up is the hop, because there's quite a bit of hops in this still.
0: Um, even at like 4.4 percent
1: yeah it's it's a fairly hoppy beer it's a hopped up golden ale um with that really very brief fleeting moment of fruit
0: it'd be a nice beer to have when you're sitting in the stands at a, at the ball game yeah you know 100 it's like that one game we went to and it was 110 out and i end up with like heat stroke afterwards <laughs> that's what i needed you know when um freddie garcia and God, I can't remember who that pitcher was for the Manners. Um, I I, I don't know if it was Hisa- it was a Japanese pitcher, but I don't think it was Hisa- hisashi. Hisashi? Hisashi Iwakuma. Thank you. Um, I
1: can't remember either, but I just know that they were I trading was- going back and forth as slow as possible. Well, because I was
0: thinking, and just so you know, folks, for that game, it was it took two and a half hours to get through four innings on, like, the hottest day in the year in New York City in the middle of July, and we were sitting dead center. It was awful. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the only Japanese pitcher I can think of it that pitched for the Mariners at the time, but I don't know if it was him or not. They might have had another one. Mm. But I I just remember, like, two outs, 2-2 two, two count, man on first. Ah, throws it over first, gets the ball back, looks in. Throws it back over, kept doing it, you know, over and over again. Each euro's out in the sun, dying. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a, it was it definitely was... A, a brutal game to watch. So yeah, this would have been a good one for that. It would have been refreshing. Yeah, just a hint of fruit to get you go, get you through, and uh, quench the palate a little bit. So yeah, that's uh, a pretty good brew. I don't know that I choose this all the
0: time, a golden ale, but. Uh, that was pretty reasonably priced for that four-pack. Yeah, yeah. Only eight ninety nine. Yeah. So, I expect, you know, I was saying to you, I'm sure they'll probably come out with like a 10th anniversary uh, ale for the Yankees because uh, it'll be 10 years this year since the 2009 World Series. So, we'll probably, probably do something for that. Special, you yeah, know, special beer yeah. for that one.
1: Yeah. All-around good picks. Cooperstown Brewing Company, uh, local to us, fairly local to us. Um if you haven't been there, check out the uh baseball hall of fame. Yeah, Fun time.
0: Please do. Yeah.
1: So and, I go and there, then I go. go to the brewery after.
0: I try to go there once a year. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get me a Mike Messina jersey
1: this year. <laughs> also in a very nice town altogether. Very very uh some so they have like plantation style houses down there. They've got uh
0: the nice eight, mid-19th eight, uh, century architecture yeah, yeah. That, that our hometown of Gloversville has, but yeah, it doesn't look like it's been bombed out. Beautiful uh, beautiful main
1: street that you can walk down, so get yourself a Louisville Slugger.
0: Well, like I said, as nice as of a place it is, it's a tourist trap. It is, for sure. Be, be prepared, you know, to be t- paying $10 for a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into April Fool's Day.
1: Let's do this.
0: We had a hell of a time,
1: by the way, finding April Fool's Day. Uh, The best you can do is probably find it on Amazon.
0: Uh, You can rent it from them for $3.99. Jeff Um, Bezos himself had to go digging around the archives to find this print of the film and then have it restored into HD to put onto his service. That's right. He wanted it said so himself yeah because he wants the money he's like i want that (laughs) 3.99 but uh, he's got he's got lawyer chart uh lawyer uh bills to pay (laughs) that's right
1: but that just shows you the the lack of availability shows you that april fool's day is not a super popular film in the slasher genre um even so it is one of the more standout versions of a slasher film and uh, I think that that shows, once you get into the film a little bit more, uh, generally towards the the back half, the even the last quarter of the film. Because uh, the film tends to be a little bit generic throughout the beginning of the movie. And that genericness might be a little bit of a turn-off to people watching it for the first time and not really knowing what to expect about the film. So, you know, the, the, the opening part of it is a little too cliche. It's almost like that Cabin in the Woods style cliche, but at least in the Cabin of the Woods you know what you're getting. You're getting yeah. a cliche on purpose. And it immediately Stop. circumvents itself. Stop. Eli Roth is not that smart. It's not Eli Roth. Whatever. It's not an Eli Roth film. <laughs> Get out of here. Who did Cabin in the Woods again? Uh, Josh Whedon. Is this Josh Whedon? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, so um, Why do I yeah. think
0: it's Eli Roth? I
1: don't know. You're thinking Cabin Fever. Mm. you thinking Cabin Fever. Aye! Not Cabin in the Woods.
0: I've seen both. It's That's, been a long yeah. time, but... And you know what? You're right. Why You know why this movie feels like it's cliched? Rips off right in the 13th, part 8, Jason Goes to Manhattan. Sure. Early on, they're getting into that... They're going on a ferry. Rips it off.
1: Yeah, and then you have all those other... Um, I mean basically these are all tropes of slasher films but you have going to a place alone in the woods so you also have you know it's a Friday the 13th aspect to it a lot of this does feel like right at home in a Friday the 13th film the house itself because we're going to this posh nice little New house, England mansion yeah New England house um that's their lit- last name is literally St. John as in like St. John's Island and all that stuff um, all I could think about,
0: like, like you, you know what, the ha- the house is like a lot like something that I think you'd see like a Japanese horror game. Like, oh, it's this random mansion. I right, like, just be, like, like, like sort of out you in know. the middle of
1: nowhere. Yeah. But it, it does remind me of like, um, all of the cabins in Friday 13th. It's just for rich New Englanders. Exactly.
0: That don't say slicker. Why didn't they say slicker? All uh, right.
1: That I can't keep
0: answer. it a slicker. That count. I can't answer. Just Every- keeping it. I was saying, keeping a slicker count like his urban legend. Like, oh, get your slickers ready. But they call their cop their local policeman, not the sheriff, not you know, not the cop. No, he's a he's a constable. Yep. Is that a thing in New England? You're the one that went to school up in New England. Tell no, me. Not that I uh, excuse me. Not that I know of. Um, I've never heard anybody called constable before. Perhaps Maine. I don't know why, but it's, like, little, like, word things that kind of annoy... Regional word things. Like, yeah. I heard, like, someone say, like, pop! Uh, Right. Yeah. That, well, that's just a different region. Or, like, like if someone say, doesn't say sneakers. You're just like, not... are like, not, oh, tennis
1: shoes! You're just not used to that, so that's why it kind of... No, occurs.
0: I know, but it's just, like, I... It's not that I'm not used to it. It's just more like it just kind of annoys me. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> different regions, different words. No, I know, but it's... I, like I said, I don't... I just... That's my own personal take of yeah regionalism, yeah sectionalism. Um, but anyway,
1: so you're right. the The whole element of going to this house in the woods on a ferry, all very cliched. We do have to mention though, that Friday Thirteenth Part Eight hadn't happened yet, yeah. <laughs> so I
0: <laughs> so, uh, can't really steal from it. That yeah, no, that that was my joke. I'm like ripped off Part Eight, and you're like. Yeah hasn't happened yet. I'm like, I know it hasn't, but still. Maybe they saw then, like, oh, yeah. Because that's the fun part about Jason takes Manhattan, you're like, he's going to be fucking around in Manhattan the entire. No, it's 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, really. The rest of it's taking place on a ship. Yeah, just dicking around on a ferry.
1: But uh, so I think that main element of the film that's going to turn off viewers right away at the beginning of the movie is that things are pretty generic from the get go. And not uh, not only that, but there's a shit ton of characters in this film. There's so many characters in this film; it's hard to keep track of them.
0: Not only that, you know what this is? This looks like seems like a like Stephen King. This is like a very bad like Stephen King got drunk one night on a bottle of beef eater, and he's like, "This is what he shat out as a short story of yeah. his like little New England towns." Of like, that's true. Just yeah. like uh, Molly O'Shea, O'Haytore is a covenant, oh, yeah. and, and she's a. Stuff happens and mischief. Yeah. <laughs> and then mean, he wakes up and he's like, this is shit. I <laughs> do think that uh,
1: one of the elements, and I think it's probably, it's mostly intentional, right? Um, that uh, things are a little bit generic in that all of the characters are sort of your stereotypical people. There's mostly asshole dudes on this uh, trip. And then there's the stereotypical sheltered woman and then, they're
0: all blonde. Yeah, they're pretty they're, much they're, all blonde. They're yeah. all blonde with that 80s Farrah Fawcett look, you know, like, took from the 70s, but then, you know, gussied it up a little bit, and then everyone's got the most ridiculous names in the world, like, you know, Chaz, uh, yeah, there's, Van, there's, there's Arch, and Kit,
1: Skip, Muffy and Muffy, and
0: Muffy and, and Muffy. Buffy.
1: Uh, yeah, and then Harv who becomes Hal. Yeah, everybody, and then that's not even counting their last names. Their last names, I don't even, didn't even catch most of their last names, but they're very ridiculous. They're like, uh, Kleisterman and (laughs) stuff like that. That's all very, like, and they all sound very made up. Uh, I forget what the one, oh, the one girl's name is Youngblood, so it's just, you know, obviously, Mm. tongue-in-cheek Youngblood. Uh,
0: but, uh. They all, they all come from, like, uh, Background of smelling each other's own farts. You know? I think
1: that's part of the point, though, is that you're sort of you see all these rich hoity-toities, and you're like, ah, I wouldn't mind seeing a couple
0: of them new these New England, yeah, get killed. Like, uh, oh yes, school, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, That's the fun part about April Fool's Day. Where's
0: Laurie uh, Loughlin's daughter? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah and, Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got into US,
0: USC. Why are you bribing a state school? Hmm? What a
1: fucking idiot! It's the, <laughs> it's the NYU. Of... That'd be
0: like your parents like bribing like to like God, my son's really got into get, get into SUNY Albany. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> with well, that, it's like you applied, well, you got in. You know, we don't have room on campus, well, you got in. You know, put you in a lottery to see if you can get a dorm or something.
1: Um, one thing that I uh think works pretty well at the beginning of this film, though. Is that you do have that April Fool's setting. And it is almost like a reverse Home Alone. And that Muffy has set up a whole bunch of these traps at the house. <coughs> that are supposed to be April Fool's jokes on the rest of her, the guests that are coming to stay at her house. So you think John Hughes wrote this? Yeah, yeah, basically. It is, though. like It does play out in many ways like that where you just have these random... There's a montage of random... Things that happen to each
0: person in the house that they've been targeted. See, this, this film is unrealistic. Who goes through that much trouble for April Fool's jokes? Well, that is true. Like, yeah. never in my life have I been subject or seen people be subjected to very elaborate April Fool's Day pranks. Well, right, and then and these ones seem like
1: they've been planning them for quite a while. Like, the one that's mm. that happens on the boat is uh, an April Fool's joke that They've been playing with this... Buck! Yeah, like this... Ah, uh, oh, I thought you were switch- talking about... Buck. No, no. They've been playing with a switchblade, and they've been throwing it around, back and forth, back and forth, and then all of a sudden, one of them throws it at the other one because they get mad at each other, and he falls off the boat like he got you know, stabbed, He's stabbed got in the gut. Stabbed, you. you know. And that's a very elaborate prank, and somebody obviously had planned that very uh, far in advance in order to get everybody with this April Fool's joke, and I
0: agree. Who goes to that elaborate length to? It's not that funny of a joke.
1: No, no, it's really not <laughs> it's... that funny of a joke. <laughs> no, that's, that's not
0: the thing. fact that he got stabbed. But then it's like,
1: yeah, you know, that was yeah, that, that was, was the it. joke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's more of a... apparently the 80s are just is Wow, the crazy time, you know. Then you get the other things though that happened in the house, like just like the doorknob falls off,
0: the oh. water's shooting it, yeah, you, you know, and. This light turns off that light, and that light turns off that light. and It's, it's like a fucking Mass Effect puzzle where you gotta, like... <laughs> where, like you <laughs> Which know, one do you do to... You know, or Fallout, like, I gotta hit this switch to turn that switch off, and then hit that switch to turn that... And if I do it in the right order, they'll all turn off, and I can move on to the, you know... Yeah. I do think it adds a, a fun atmosphere
1: to this movie, though. Because how often do you have slasher films that are actually sort of fun? Sometimes they do have those pranks sometimes they have uh, elaborate kill setups but april fool's day kind of plays with the audience throughout the entire film by asking them to laugh at these characters and find the humor in this movie before all hell breaks this. well i
0: have to laugh at them because when they're like whoa look at this place this place is awesome and what a mansion it's so cool and then the one guy's like hey check this out dining room (laughs) wow look at that that fucking table and you know know, look at the china China on that. you know Uh, they got salad and soup spoons
1: uh, you know i can appreciate the uh the uh water gag though the faucet gag because that's the only time that we actually see female nudity which is sort of uh, very. I mean, at this You've point, been 1986. Out, I've been hanging out with those Canadians too much. Uh, so, sort of. Sort, of, sort of. No, but in 1986, that's not very common that you have a slasher film that doesn't have a bunch of
0: female nudity in it. At this point. Well, you know, that's the great thing when that chick the one day like opens her window and yeah, she's stretching and it's her the same, and the same her girl. Yeah, the saying Her shirt is unbuttoned, but part, literally perfectly like. Covering her tits up, that like, uh, like you know, like like the nipple tape. Yeah, Yeah. they definitely had that. And it's like that is not real. Like, oh, I'm gonna stretch and say perfect. I also like like how she
1: burst out the window, and and, you know, some guy saw her and then she got offended. It was like you burst out out the the window in a like skimpy shirt. You knew that there could be
0: other people outside. You know, that's.
1: If you're gonna get, you, I wish you can't I get loved it.
0: I wish I lived in a place where I loved life enough to like when I wake up in the morning, just fucking storm, you know, you know, storm, storm, sound of music, sort Yeah, you know, like storm, <laughs> storm through the balcony and be like, oh, what a great day to be alive. Yeah, that's Well, you're not rich like <laughs> they are, sorry. Yeah, it's. You know what? It's probably been since I was like 10 years old and didn't, you know. Yeah. You- Actually, you know what? That might be tomorrow because tomorrow's. Are oh, but, you a
1: beautiful blonde woman that's also rich? No, but no, oh,
0: no but Masahiro Tanaka starting for the <laughs> oh, okay. Yankees. Well, there you go. I think, you know, I think he's going to do well.
1: well. Yeah. So we had talked about this, but this film has a fucking lot of characters that are hard to keep track of, and I think that's one of the the worst um, the worst elements of this because.
0: I for one, who the hell's the main character? You don't really know who the main character is until like the end. True,
1: that's part of it. But I also found that some of the guys looked very similar, and so you're kind of wondering like (laughs) which one is which. Who the fuck
0: is this? Yeah, they know they all got the
1: and their personalities. Like this was
0: like a joke, and this one's like a business.
1: They're all like so similar, (laughs) like you know, yeah, they they all want to sleep with the women. They all want. To be rich people. They all want. The only one that didn't look normal is like Chaz, because he was like, I'm trying to be Sid Vicious. Like,
0: "Mm," yeah.
1: Chaz reminds me of Brad Pitt from uh, Fight Club, Club, where he's got that, like, ridiculously, I just got electroshocked hair. But then you've got other guys like. um, Rick
0: Springfield.
1: Yeah, which one is uh, which one's the guy that looks like um, Kevin
0: Bacon? Kevin Bacon, yeah, it's like Rick, isn't it? Or Rob, something? maybe. Rob, yeah. Oh, it's
1: Rob. I think it's Rob. Yeah, Rob looks exactly like Kevin Bacon from Friday the Thirteenth, uh, as though that was like sort of typecast for it. Um, and then you have uh, one of the
0: guys looks like Swayze.
1: I think you're talking about Harvey, right? The guy maybe. that's sort of like the Southern gentleman guy. Is that who you're taking? The hick
0: yeah that wears a nice dinner jacket yeah yeah it's harvey yeah he's like kind of reminds me like swayze yeah
1: um and then i think the last one uh, i think we actually covered most of them that i thought that (laughs) looked looked like uh (laughs) look like everybody else i guess so
0: three so three people
1: no there's more guys they just they just uh expire early that's all. They, they just all. they just blend together. And I think that's an issue oh, because You
0: know what, though the ferryman? Yeah. Kind of like they should have just got George Carlin because he looks like he's trying to do his best George Carlin. Like Well and I think they're also trying to go for
1: like that ominous dude like Ralph from Friday the thirteenth who's like, Oh, you yeah, yeah, don't yeah. go to that island, there's a curse on that island.
0: But uh that type, that archetype would be perfected a year later by, you oh, I'll go down that role. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, I'm very excited to see what John Lithgow's going to do. Because if anybody can do a great that role, it's America's treasured icon, John Lithgow. True. And that is not sarcasm. John Lithgow, an icon. <laughs> Um, for the women in April Fool's Day, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. Muffy's also... the, Muffy's the only one that's diverse because she's got she's a brunette. The rest of all the rest of them are all just blonde, you know, blonde bimbos. Well, they all wear like this, like crocheted, stitched, like outfits. They um, they all have the same hairstyle of like feathered blonde hair yeah they all talk about the same things
1: well nan in particular stands out because she's the one that looks like she's about 45 years old
0: and doesn't want to participate in literally anything she's like i'm here to study yeah she's wow
1: yeah yeah. all she wants to do is read uh milton's paradise lost like what a fun chick she is very fun lost american treasure very fun at parties. Uh, so you're, she stands what, out.
0: So would that you're the bookworm. You're the one that went for English lit. Yeah, is it? Would that be up your alley? Like, oh wow, Milton? Yeah, like her being like, no, why don't we reading Paradise Lost right no, now? Like, it's way too dry. Which, I, had, which, I, which, which I, say, I say, would you be
1: like, I'm on break. I'm drinking. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I actually had a professor that was obsessed with Paradise Lost. He did his whole his whole um, doctorate on Paradise Lost. We talk about it in most of his. Uh, his lectures and it was like okay we get it you like paradise Lost. It was like, the book was written like 400 years ago give <laughs> it, it a rest but uh yeah no it, uh she's a very annoying character and i would not have any uh any uh relation with her i don't think um the one that you know one that does stand out for the the female characters is is kit because she does end up becoming sort of the final girl of the the movie. And if you uh, recognized her, you probably should have. She's in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. You didn't know that, did you?
0: You didn't catch it.
1: Yeah, Amy Steele, um, who plays Kit, was also in Friday the Thirteenth. Say that part name two. again. Amy Steele. You sure
0: that's not a porn name? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Amy Steele.
0: Yep. She's that, in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. We're pretty sure I've seen that in some eighties porn film. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, you didn't catch that one though, did you? Well,
0: why the hell would I?
1: Now, she looks familiar, but she, at this point, it's five years after Friday the 13th Part 2, so understandable that you didn't catch it.
0: <laughs> I'm not like you. I'm not up to... Like I said, that's why I like the 90s. It's like, oh, Sarah Michelle Geller's in all these films. Why? It's like, why are you doing this? It's like, oh, yeah, you were Justin Buffy, and, you know, this is what you were doing. Speaking of Sarah Michelle Gellar,
1: the uh, woman who plays Nikki, Deborah Goodrich... Does remind me of Sarah Michelle Gellar a little bit
0: if she was thrown in the eighties. Yeah,
1: and, and sort of like the she actually sort of reminds me of Sarah Michelle Gellar in I Know What You Did Last Summer. She has that similar style um, beauty queen yeah, aspect. Yep, exactly, exactly. Sort of reminds me of like what they modeled they they modeled her for in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, all right, so <clears throat> it's kind of hard to talk about this film. It's hard to, hard to talk about exactly what happens because there are two elements to this film. There's the initial element of very generic slasher film up until the end of the film, where it sort of opens up a little bit. So I guess let's let's focus on the, the first part of it. Since both of us have only watched this the one time tonight, I've actually never seen this before. So we have sort of the um, the privilege of talking about this without ever having seen it before, so we didn't know the ending in advance. Uh, so let's talk about the just what we do know before we get to the ending um we talked about generic um what do you think about the kills within this
0: film terrible leave it at that Terrible, sure it is terrible you don't see at any point in this film the killer how they're killed you just see the after effects yeah and it's all off screen outside of the one on the boat of the joke of throwing the switchblade and it hits the guy in the gun. He's like, ah you know. Outside of that, it's just all after effect and you don't get to see anything. Yeah. So it's very muted. Honestly, to be honest with you, like I like how would you get this like above a PG thirteen? It's almost yeah. com- it's almost comical like how like bad- like even you know, like like when there's like, oh here's a severed hand, it's kinda like yeah, that's bull- really, like, bullshit that, you know, like a mannequin head you found. Yeah. And so, like, clear like, clears day, like...
1: Yeah, I think that that's part of the issue, is that when you're watching the movie...
0: None of the kills resonate with you. Yeah, they're they're all There's very... There's not, 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 not a single kill on this film that I'm like, that I can remember. Just watched this film an hour ago. Can't remember a
1: single kill that, like, you know... And the thing that's interesting, too, is that they're cut, so... They're edited, so, um... So quickly, and and, and that you almost are wondering, like, did they
0: actually, like, are they dead? Did they actually die? And
1: and that, well, that uh, one's
0: dead on the boat because he's great. right? So within a day, he turned pale gray. And my worst part about that scene is when they go in the shack, they have sex, and they notice the body because it's like, don't even bother throwing that towel down. It's not going to do anything (laughs) on that wood floor. Just you know. If you're gonna do that, accept your fate and be get with the it. the
1: splinters. You're not gonna get a split. Well, yeah, you could, but yeah, I mean, and those, in and that, in and that
0: cabin or whatever they're in. Both. I know, miles. but still, you're but those splinters. towels are those aren't even like good beach towels. No, I know. I, the, not the, even the, good the thick, thick, beach towels. They're like you know, yeah. hand towels for
1: God's sakes. No, I agree. But yeah, none of the none of the kills happen on screen at all. So you're sort of left with this weird scenario where all you see are the after effects, or you see the bodies. And in those one scene, there's a decapitation where you actually Mm. see the head fall off. But other than that, everything is very goreless. The most you'll see is what you can consider a severed penis, right? Because there's only Mm. one scenario where you actually see some blood, and that's around the underwear area. area. And it's
0: so precise. Like, if you were to cut someone's dick off and create this perfect little ring around, you (laughs) know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did. That was one thing that really stuck out to me, is that watching the film... You know, and as a straight slasher film, the kills are very underwhelming. Because at 1986, we had been seeing some crazy stuff. Tom Savini had been at work doing all of his Friday the 13th kills. Dawn, uh, I mean, not
0: dawn, um, day.
1: Yeah, we we're, were getting tons and tons of gore at this point. And April Fool's Day really pairs everything back. Yeah, no, I was saying, saying yeah,
0: a year before Do- Day of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> with with we're, Tom, we're... Tom Savini's, like, probably... If you ask me, that's probably Tom Sweeney's best work, Day of the Dead. Yeah, and, yeah. And, when, and
1: he was doing work on Friday 13th and, and all this stuff. And we're getting all these gore effects. God, Jason pe- is going further and further. You're getting people
0: slammed into trees and
1: <laughs> sleeping With bags. sleeping bags and shit. Yeah, and April Fool's Day really takes everything a step back. And it's even um, in those beginning kills... It's a lot less violent and gory than what you even see in Friday the 13th Part 1. And even that was sort of muted and a lot of things were were, uh, off screen and you only saw the after effects of it. Um, So I think April Fool's Day, watching it for the first time, that element of seeing those kills is very uh, disappointing. Because it does seem so out of touch with the rest of where slasher films were at this time. Uh, So, very interesting. Takes the believability
0: out of it, yeah. which makes that ending make more sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a part of what is so compelling about April Fool's Day. Because once you do all of the kills and everything, uh, lead up and all of the exposition, when you get to the end, the payoff is there. And it does start to make sense. And you're like, oh, okay, that's why they did it the way they did it. Um. And so you kind of change your mind about it a little bit. You're like, okay, well, it was generic. It was, it lacked gore. But the reason for it is because of the twist ending. And that does make sense to me. And I, I actually find that I enjoy that about April Fool's Day because it didn't go, there there are plenty of films like April Fool's Day that do generic kills and generic slasher movie to a T throughout the entire film. And when it ends, you're like, okay, that was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And April Fool's Day is evil. Yeah, New Year's Evil. And April Fool's Day is just not that film. It actually does attempt to change the formula and do something a little bit different when it gets to the conclusion. Should we talk about the conclusion right now? Why not? Why not? Let's go.
0: So, this film ripped off Clue.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but Clue wasn't out yet.
0: But it was a board game. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. And you actually mentioned Murder, no, She no, Wrote. No, no, no. As I was gonna say, this this movie is literally Murder, She Wrote. It's like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. I, I, apparently, I'm an old fuddy-duddy if I, like... No,
1: I agree. I mean, it does seem, in some ways, like a Murder, She Wrote episode or, like, a Columbo episode or, um... It's just... Yeah, Miss... Ten Little Indians. the yeah. The Agatha Christie story, uh, which we won't say the other name for it because it's a little offensive. <laughs> um... Isn't that what Murder, She is based on? Huh? Yeah, really. I mean, Murder, Agath, She Wrote oh, really is uh, based
0: on Agatha Christie's story. A- Agatha Christie's But no, it's, what, it's it's basically what it ends up being. It's like, surprise, it's all a ruse. Yeah. It's, you know, we're doing all this. I want to turn this, to get this mansion for my inheritance. I needed to make it be able to turn a profit. So I decided I was going to turn it into an inn. That made it into a who done it inn, and that's what that whole this whole thing comes off of is this giant elaborate who done it scheme that Muffy came up with to trick her friends to see if her idea would work, and it did because they're all a bunch of fucking idiots that like have the most extreme April Fool's Day jokes. Well, the one thing that stands
1: out to me about the um, inn that she's creating is that. She says that she wants to create this inn where people know what they're coming for. So when they know what they're coming for as a who done it, it definitely takes a lot of the surprise element out. But a she's guy. got
0: a little, like really like, you know, but Grant, you're going to have people like, "Oh, I wonder what's going to happen." So you yeah, yeah. So you can have like, you know, those touristy shits and you can have like a like, oh, yeah. you know,
1: scary know? Yeah, I think that, so, you know, and it's like sort of the modern um or the not non our version now is the whodunit dinner party, right? So where you have a,
0: someone like someone acting like, it out yeah. and
1: they hand out parts, and then you play it. In this case, this is more of an extreme version of it. Um, and this reminds me a little bit of a newer film that just that came out not too long ago called "The House is October Built." Where it's about uh, people that are seeking extreme haunted houses, mm-hmm. and so they keep going to these different haunted houses, and they find out that there's this one really extreme one that's going to test all of their, you know, their their, their wits their and guile, fear. yeah. And so they they try to find it, and they actually um, are like tricked into doing this whole haunted house, and it's actually a whole big trick that has been conspired against these people. Uh, but this reminds me a lot of like they got ideas from April Fool's Day because in some ways that that is what this is doing is that it's a kind of an elaborate ruse that uh, Muffy has cooked up and she kind of gets everybody in on it after they
0: have die been in get, the house get yeah, get they killed
1: yeah they technically die and then they become part of the show and help so what's out.
0: she like what's she doing when like these people think they're dead like sh- this ninety pound woman she like fucking sneak up and chloroform like sh- 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 it's okay. It's all a joke. Yeah. It's all gay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, That's the, why I was
0: saying, like, the one part when she's, like, running around the house, like, it's not Muffy, it's Buffy. He's, like, and the one guy, Rob's, like, screaming like a girl, like, ah! she's gonna kill us! I love you! Ah! It's like, you're fucking 6'5", just punch her in the fucking face and be done with it. Yeah. It's oh. just, it's just ridiculous, like, you know.
1: I yeah, but I I like that. I like that they're so caught up in the fear that
0: they're. No, I know, but it's still, it's just like, even still, like that. It's like, come on, like, come on. She's ninety pounds. Yeah, I know she's got a knife, but you you could literally just put your hand on her head. Yeah, and she's gonna be trying to stab you. you gonna just be like, <laughs> you can't do anything. Not only that, too. Like, oh, I was in the, you know, I'm the guy that was in the water buck, and I got crushed into the post by the ferry, and my face started bleeding. And they're like, ah, I was all makeup, ah, and where the, he- what water like, pro- like, uh, resistant oh. prosthetic did he have to go underwater, and then like, oh, let me flap it on my face, and mm. then you know, ah, and then jump. Fucking dive into the one boat to go back to shore, because you that was great when he jumped into the boat, like, after, because <laughs> he, like, dive-bombed into it, and, like, he heard a nice thud as he hits into it, and the constable's yeah. like, I'm going off, you know, to the, yeah. take him back. It was a, it's, so, I I find that
1: the April Fool's part of this is probably the most fun aspect of it. It is, but it's also like, so, it's so
0: ridiculous. It is. Yeah, it sure is. It is
1: definitely so ridiculous, especially in some of those scenes where you're supposed to believe like someone was hanging and yet they actually were not hanging, but it was just like a trick that the person fell for. Sort of hard to believe because what we see is basically what they're seeing and it doesn't seem like a trick. Um... So it's it's interesting to think about the logistics behind how they pu- pulled
0: how they about, would have pulled off or the guy that's us. like in the well when they go down in the well they're like, ah there's dead but were they just sitting down there like motionless until they're they fucking their breath until and, they fucking decide to like you know like okay come down yeah yeah you know. yeah it's I mean
1: I think you have to really suspend your dis- suspend no you're right suspend your disbelief a little bit here and watch it but I will say that once we got to the ending and I won't I I, w- I did see this coming. Um, that it was all going to be sort of a trick uh, that Muffy was playing, a ruse.
0: I'm surprised I didn't. Yeah, you didn't really catch that. No, and I'm usually, and I hate to brag, as I've said it before, but I'm usually pretty good at guessing twists. Yeah, I didn't see. It. I thought like there'd be like some kind of like joke, but I didn't see it be like it's Clue, but a year before yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know that I saw all of it coming. That it was going to be a full prank, but I thought there would be some parts of it that were a prank. Because
0: there's so much, like, again, the whole thing is based off of, like, hi April Fool's. But there's only, like, a couple of, like, there's a couple of jokes on the boat. And then at the, like, dinner scene. And that's it. And, and then actually, the rest of the film, is only for... one day is
1: April Fool's Day. And yeah. then the rest of it is, like, the second. And then, I think it even goes into
0: April 3rd. So... It's not April Fool's Day anymore. See, they're trying, trying too damn hard. That's right. Why would you have like? By the way, what? How fucking cor- like corny? Like, too, when they're doing like the whole like at the dining room scene, like a toast to friends made in college because it'll last forever. Let <laughs> us all sit here and. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> That's the other thing too. Like, they're all like apparently friends with Muffy, but they don't like know each other for yeah, the most part. Yeah, it's
1: true.
0: Yeah, like, there's... the whole, like, the whole, like, reason they're all gathered together is pretty tenuous because it's like, well, we're all friends with Muffy, and it's like, if you're all friends with Muffy, like, how if like, some of you, like, never even come across, like, you know. Yeah, and Nan's is uh particularly
1: strange because it seems like they cut out a little bit. I mean, we know that Nan got a gag that had a baby crying, and so, um, she brings it up with Muffy because apparently she had you know, either an abortion abortion or
0: or something to that that effect. But stuff that goes nowhere too where they probably, like, oh! I was just clipping some out of a car accident. It's like, well, I like, everyone's been in a car accident. And it's like, that, that shit goes nowhere. You think they'd be like... See, that's like the perfect... That's a missed opportunity to go like, I know you did last summer, out, Right, like, yeah. we're like... All... Muff, like, we're... Muff, that's where I thought it was going. Like, we're Muffy-nosed... Or like, House
1: on Haunted Hill style. Yeah, like
0: like dark secrets about this. Yeah. And then... That would... Then she's like... At the end, I... Oh, some of this shit creeped you guys out because it might have accidentally hit a close... A little too close to home. That was unintentional. Yeah. It's... I'm sorry. Yeah, it's you a, know. That is
1: a really weird element to it that... I don't really goes nowhere. so it's like I I feel like there was an idea there that
0: wasn't really flushed out, and they're just kind of just you know. Yeah, that
1: one that that does stand out to me because all of those elements really went nowhere once they were uh, kind of brought open, and even it's sort of just waved away at the end of the film by Muffy. Yeah, and and that's it's I don't know I don't I don't love that part of it. Um, The other part that I am sort of I don't really. I, I maybe I just didn't recognize her, but at the end of the film, when Muffy is uh, has her own April Fool's prank, who is that woman? Did you recognize her?
0: I think it's supposed to be Nan.
1: Is it? Is it supposed to be Nan? I think I couldn't really tell because the
0: lesbian lovers.
1: Yeah, but I couldn't really tell because of the her, her hair, hair pulled back. Like she's
0: uh, um, she, she, yeah. like she's part of uh, the Eurythmics, you know.
1: Yeah, she kind of um. It was like almost like they were trying to make her like look romantic because of the the hair pulled back and like she's she's doing something different, well,
0: with which her I hair. love that too. She's like slits her throat and it's like I was like she's like, it's like hey hey, oxygen's coming. Yeah, look, look from look, your mouth. Look, It's not really a nice. <laughs> you know, you your you're throat, not really bleeding. you didn't know, get your throat slit because you're not going. ah, ah. You're going. ah, ah.
1: Yeah, it, But I mean, again, I think that the, those are fun moments that you don't really get in a slasher film that often.
0: I, You know what I think? This film is just a giant Krampus, but an April Fool's. And the April Fool's god is a jack-in-the-box that winks at you. True. You know, you're all just, they're all, instead of being trapped into snow globes, they're just trapped in a bunch of jacks. They're fools that are trapped no, no, in a jack-in-the-box. In the box. I uh I,
1: I don't know. I appreciate the the change up though that there this slasher film has no one die, literally no one dies, and everybody's living happily ever after.
0: Uh, they're having a giant party. Everybody gets their own goddamn champagne bottle. Oh, yeah, uh, didn't you love that? Like just to know, like you're in fucking fancy New England town when the water's not working. She's like, I won't drink that water because it might be poisoned. And like, oh, it's Perrier. It's Perrier. And I was like, so that's who buys it. Cause every time I see it at the store, I'm like, who buys giant bottles of Perrier sparkling water for like five dollars? They do. Fucking rich New Englanders. New Englanders do, yeah. With their carriages and not carts. And other things they say that are stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like um cat. What else you got? What else you you want to talk about here? <laughs> I know you had said that the
0: the uh, music sort of feels up oh my here. god it's like a fucking terrible like super famicom like japanese horror game like like, play, like playing like clockwork or something like you know yeah. the 8 um, bit sort of sounds No no not the 8, not 8 bit it's more like it is kind of more, I mean I know it's before the super nintendo but it's kind of like a super nintendo um, I think it's clockwork the one that stars the the I think it's called clockwork, the one that uh The guy the, with the giant blade. Yeah. Yeah. That, with the scissors and the yeah, character. The scissors, yeah. And the character looks is supposed to be based off the girl from uh Phenomena. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's what the soundtrack reminds me right, of. Right, like, yeah, like you know.
1: Yeah, it is. It's sort of like carnival esque at times because um the whole film sets up is set up by uh Muffy having been sort of terrorized in her Childhood. By a, a, a jack-in-the-box, which is sort of, uh, I guess, scary. And it sets off in motion, like, I don't know what we're supposed to really make of that. Are we supposed to make, like, she's sort well, of... Well, that's,
0: that's where that whole, like, intro, like, made me think of, like... like That's where I got, like, the murder she wrote. It's like, it's in New England. Yeah. It's got this TV movie-esque, like... Yeah. Just I, expecting an old lady to be like, who died in town this day? Like,
1: Ooh, what I think, like, the carnival element is supposed to be, like, her nightmare fuel yeah her nightmare that it continues to bother her so she's sort of like trying to enact it on other people um but it's very tender because again
0: that's only in the intro yeah and then at the end
1: yeah it's a very so it's like yeah the the plot is a little bit disconnected with those things Um, and the
0: same thing too and it's like so you don't have a sister named buffy no, his his that skip over there Luca you know yeah, I was just, yeah, so it's like, just it's like where the hell did that there's nothing, you know, like except like oh he's the cousin that they and he was invited just because he's the cousin, but you know, other than that he wouldn't have been invited. It's like, who just invites a random cousin? Yeah. You know, like when you have your part like family get together, it's like, oh by the way, remember that one cousin that no one talks to? Invite him to the Christmas party this year.
1: Yeah, some some of those things are really disconnected like in it some of it, it seems like they were trying so hard for the red herring that they incorporated things that really don't make sense. See, this is the
0: one thing I got I I did get though. I you knew it was going to be muffy. Oh yeah, yeah. So the like you know the whole red herring of Buck the ferryman getting crushed and you know you knew that was going to be Red Herring. So you knew it was going to be Muffy the entire way. Yeah. But at the same time, that's where it's like, at the at the end, though, it's like, I didn't know it was going to be a ruse. Mm-hmm. This Everything el- was going to be... This, this elaborate ruse. But at the same time, there was, like, nothing really there to kind of... It is interesting, too, that you don't really
1: have a protagonist, that you're not really rooting for anyone in particular. There's so many characters that you And all the girls
0: a- do seem like horse. so there is no, vir- you know, all <laughs> version Even, um... Yeah. yeah, even Kit, she, she's like you know. Yeah, they they try to
1: copulate multiple times.
0: So I mean, there's no virginal like
1: heroine of the day. Yeah, it sort of uh, gets rid of that element of a slasher film as well. It's interesting. I, don't know. I think I
0: think it could have been more kind of explored just if they um invested some depth into the, their characters. Not all of them, but like cause they're all stereotypes and archetypes. Which is fine because that's yeah. what this genre is totally based off of. But if you're gonna try to do the whole subversion, you gotta add depth in some places to make you know I I would have, what you're doing kind of yeah uh makes sense. I would have liked to have seen the film have less
1: characters in it. There's just too many, you know, because when you're talking about a slasher film, you got like four to five people. This film has yeah, like, like twelve eight to nine, yeah, and some yeah, depending if like you count the ferryman who shows yeah. up here and there and the constable. There's quite a few characters in this. May, film. It
0: made me think of like Legend of the Galactic Heroes. like, oh, there's 60 main characters. Yeah, that I remember? Like, yeah,
1: there's just so many characters to work through. And you only have an 89 minute film to get through them. You don't have a chance to even meet many of these characters. They all they they're all
0: similar because yeah. they're all just blonde, blue haired, Zeke high You know, New England yuppies. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: other than that, that's all I got for April
0: Fool's Day. That's all I got. You know, I think we got more out of that than. Probably should have.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. So are you ready to give it a rating? Let's do it. All right. Um, On a scale. Of 10. Of 10. I got to think now.
0: I got one, but stereotypical. And I don't want to go with the stereotypical right. What do you got? I got Jack in the box.
1: Yeah. This, yeah.
0: Yeah. Just because I've never been to a restaurant yeah. before.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see. I've never been to the, to the restaurant either. Actually. I think there's it's one probably. in Albany. Is there? Yeah. I or,
0: no, I'm thinking of jumping jacks. Um, or at least maybe it was there. I don't know. We're getting off track. Oh, out of ten,
1: I'll call them reams of condoms because that has, <laughs> because that does crop up in. This he room.
0: had like a fucking. <laughs> I don't even know if they like make ba- them now. Like long. like bandolier yeah. of.
1: I don't know if they make dick rubbers. that many. I don't know if they make that many anymore. Well like, you're the like one a, that has
0: you're the one that has a hundred like It's a like a 200. fucking
1: magic trick card, you know, where they Why pull, would you put it in a, your
0: mouth like that? Like a bandolier <laughs> I mean I know they're rap, but still like would you like would that be a great <laughs> thought, like if you're like, Oh hold on. Let me bite into one? No. Bite into your bandolier of, you know, dick rubbers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so out of ten reams of
0: condoms, what would you
1: give April Fool's Day?
0: I'll give it a six out of ten. Okay. I You know, I'm actually kind of surprised this isn't a more popular film and well-known, because I do think the fact that it sub- subverts your expectations kind of makes it um, v- very much ahead of its time in the kind of uh, parody genre. It's, all, it's almost meta. Mm-hmm. Not quite, but it's almost. Um, and again, this is a year year or two before Clue. I can't remember if Clue came out in 87 or 88. It's one of the two. Though your cast of characters is bland, boring, and pedantic as all hell, they um, aren't offensive enough to make you upset, but they are offensive enough to make you want them to be seen killed. Um, I, I do like the idea. It went further with the April Fool's idea, than I thought it would go and got more mileage out of it than I thought they would because I didn't think that'd be tied to the... I mean, I did think it'd be tied to the ending, but not in the the elaborate way that it was. Mm -hmm. Um, The kills, though very bland pedantic and have nothing to them at all, I think the overall idea of the film, its shortness, its contrite, makes it an enjoyable of enough of a slasher film to watch... To give you something new and different from what was going on at the time period. Like I said, I think it, the fact that it is cut, it is ahead of its time in what it's doing idea-wise makes it worth the watch. And I think it, you know, again, if you're somebody who likes very meta slasher films, like I do, being someone who's a big fan of, like, New Nightmare and the Scream films and such, you'll probably get a lot of mileage out of this, even though it's you can tell the ideas that they have here are very early in in its infancy of what would later come
1: yeah i agree i i think i would say probably a 7 out of 10 for april fools day i've seen some really bad 80 slashers i've seen some great 80 slashers and april fools day is probably on the higher end of those mostly because of its gimmick it really has a gimmick going for it throughout the entire time And um, I would say that this one at least really subverts my expectations in that I don't know of many other slasher films that do end up with everybody just being fine and And nothing and laughing, nothing happened to them, and they have a dance party in the end. Which, by the way,
0: who gets drunk off bottles of champagne? I don't know. Rich people do, I guess. Like, uh, Like. It's not a drink though, I would think to sit no, I, there yeah, and just I, I agree. Yeah, you know a slug, nice o- dry you know slug away and yeah. be like, all
1: right, I'm good. Apparently they do though. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that you know that I I originally thought when watching the film I was like, wow, this is like super generic. You know, none of these kills are really amounting to anything, <laughs> and I think that might be a bit of a problem as you watch through the film, and some people might even be a really turned off by that dynamic but once you get to the end of the film i think it works as a twist that you really i mean i saw it coming to a certain extent but i don't know that you see it to the full extent of how it's going to play out in the film so uh definitely some things that seem generic but then resonate as you get to the end of the the film um, I think everybody does a an okay job. There's not really a standout character or actor here, and that's because most of them are really not meant, designed to be standout characters. Um, and overall, it's just a fairly enjoyable and very quick, uh, well-paced film to watch. I didn't think that there was any really dull or like um, slow moments in this movie.
0: There are some slow, yeah, when they're like kind of just like fucking bubbling around. Oh, that's true, though. Like, uh, the, some of the fairy the, scenes are a little slow. Like, and, on the and, fairy and uh, in, in the actual mansion itself. Like, Ooh, true. we're playing grab-ass! You know, true, true, true. Play, you know, yeah. as they're playing, like, soccer. It's like, Ooh, just a giant game of grab-ass and to this, play in the back. <laughs> Unfortunately, five too,
1: there's, like, those those elements that really don't come to fruition. Like, all of the uh, pranks that are played on people that seem mm. to resonate more in their life, uh, that, that seem like they were kind of cut out of the script, perhaps. Um... Those are flaws, but you know what? At the end of the day, *Evil Fool's Day is sort of a, a very unique slasher film from the 80s, and I appreciate it, and I am surprised that it doesn't have more appreciation.
0: <gasps> that's... Fuck, damn, that's what we should have rated it out of. Ten Charles Bronson action Oh, movies. yeah, there is
1: one of those in here, too. Yeah, guy, the Barbie doll that looks just like Charles Bronson. One of the
0: Ken dolls looks like fucking Bronson coming off of Death Wish 4. Yep, yep. It's... It's great.
1: You want one of those? I do. To find, try to see if you can find it on eBay. Go, like that. go on the Am- official April Fools' Day prop.
0: <laughs> if it doesn't say Bronson, like, like he was like, you know, the influence of the sign. I don't want it because that's right. He looks just he like does Bronson. Look just like Bronson, I know. God, it's been like three years since we have done Death Wish It's been a while. I, yeah.
1: All right, so um, one thing I do want to point out is that we did get a shout out. Uh, On Twitter and on their uh, podcast uh, from Capes on the Couch podcast. And uh, one thing that they mentioned is that uh, they would love to hear an episode on Jack Frost by us.
0: Which Jack Frost?
1: Jack Frost, uh, the horror film. Oh, you want to do the Michael Keaton one. No,
0: that's the one I was talking about.
1: You want to do the Michael Keaton one. That's a horror film. Oh well, that yeah is yeah it's about a demo- a, a
0: demonic a, a Bruce Springsteen wannabe dies in a car crash <laughs> and, comes and comes back to, to
1: haunt his son. Yes,
0: yeah, that's a different that's the other horror movie. But the
1: one that they want us to do is the one with Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, is it her her boobies in it. Yes, they are. Oh goody! Her, yes, her boobies are in it. Um. Which is, I so said, it's, it's actually a perfect film for us to cover on the, that podcast. It's a really terrible movie. It's really not very good. Um, but it is fun to watch in some respects. I do have it. It was released on Blu-ray by Vinegar Syndrome, and I do have it on Blu-ray. I mean, how
0: can it not be a 10 out of 10 film if Shan Elizabeth got her top off? That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just let you... Well, you'll just wait and see why it's not a 10 out of a 10 film.
0: Listen, I'll watch American Pie to this day.
1: It's, well, yeah, it's it a little
0: bit different than that, but and American Pie, it also does. A great you
1: know, film, so. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those like '90s films, like that were made by Trauma, but it's like one of those. It's like,
0: yeah, is that like the lowest division of Miramax?
1: Oh, no, yeah, or no. Dimension? No, but you'll see. Well, I but I just said I I, <laughs> I tweeted back and I said, you know what? That's a perfect that's a perfect film for us to cover. So we'll keep that in mind.
0: We'll definitely do Jack Frost at some point. Well. We got two film, well, three films possibly. I'll give you the option, yeah, for our next one, because the next superhero one coming out, I, I mean, we can go see it, but I'd probably be fine skipping it, or we can do two films, so we can go back to doing like a week, like a weekly. Yeah, you want to do both Shazam and Pet Cemetery? I do want to see Pet Cemetery. So, and I would think they're both topical. Should we do a a Twitter
1: poll and see which one we should do? Because I really don't have a preference. I do want to see both.
0: Well, that's why I'm more saying. More so are because we're, I uh, that's that's, that's also...
1: completionist in me for Shazam.
0: No, no, uh, why... no, no. I no that's that's why I'm saying we could do back to back. Yeah, I'm just wondering
1: which ones we should which one we should do first and which one uh, more people would be interested in. So I I guess well, we the could... problem
0: I think the problem is going to be is I don't think Pet Cemetery is going to be shown around here. You don't think so? Um it's not done by a big studio. It's we'll have to make that. I don't
1: know. Yeah, we can't make that call yet. I don't know.
0: Cause if you if you're new to the podcast, we live in buttfuck nowhere. Yeah. And um we have to drive forty five minutes out to Albany, New York to Like
1: Pet Cemetery is out what next week?
0: They're both out on the same day, April
1: fifth, I believe. April fifth. So we are not gonna be back for a new episode next week. It'll be the week after.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'd be due for two. Like I'm saying, so, right? Yeah. So you'd it, have to we, do we'd them. have we'd actually actually we'd have, you'd have to do three up. It might be three episodes in a row, or maybe two break and then Infinity War.
1: That's yeah, true. I don't know. I guess what I'll do is maybe I'll will po- pop it out for uh um because Shazam will be here
0: in our oh po- yeah in our butt town for sure because they've had they've had posters up for it for like a year now it seems. So
1: what I'll do is I'll put out um
0: but pet cemetery we might have to like i said cuz i don't think a big studio is doing it Yeah. and with our one lone ranger of a fucking cinema now yeah we we might have to drive an hour which i'm f- totally fine with to go see it and i think that would be also cuz you know what with the recent trend of remakes god damn it i think pet cemetery is going to be another good one yeah
1: well, I'll put out a Twitter and a Facebook poll and just see what people think. Which one we could do both of them. We'll just see which one they want to do, want us to do first, and we'll go from there. And just
0: we'll hang out the uh, the contingency to people that if Pet Sematary does win, it might not happen because it might not be around. Here. Right? Yeah, and we might. Need, yeah,
1: so it might have to be Shazam. But I'll put a I'll put a poll out just to see. Not sure which one to do. I forgot that they're both coming out on the same day, so.
0: I like really well. I don't feel bad, but at the same time, it's like really Warner Brothers. Two two and a half weeks before Endgame. Do yeah. you do you not want to make money? That's true. Yeah, <laughs> and then I like, forgot too that Us is out too. We didn't do it though. I mean, it felt. Yeah, no, no. You mean Get I was, Out? Yeah. yeah, I'm mixing up my films. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but uh, you know we, I do
0: want to see us. I do as well. I still need to see Get Out, but I do like Jordan Peele a lot. Yep. Yeah. so I mean, we
1: do also need to do us, but that might be for another time. We might not get to it at this point, but
0: we'll get to it when it comes out. It hurts, it's good. I did, I've, I've heard it's pretty good too. I still gonna see it follows as well. Yeah, I know it's not the same, but I did want to, I did want to see that when that came out, and I just
1: never got around to it. I didn't love it.
0: I know you didn't. I didn't love and it. it looked like it was interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, you'll have to see what you think.
0: Well, you, you know what? And The Conjuring 10 comes out. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rest of the Conjuring universe. All right. It, when you go see The Conjuring films, are you just yelling at the at, screen at Vera Farmiga to show us her boobs? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't think... Um, uh, what's her name,
1: though? Uh, uh, the Warren there... Uh, Whatever her first name is, I want to say Elizabeth.
0: Oh God! Oh God! That's
1: right. But uh, the Warren woman—I don't think that's what she normally would do in everyday life. So they're not—they're not mimicking that.
0: Oh, well, why not? Yeah. Um.
1: All right. So kind of next,
0: makes, kind of makes me want to watch Bates
1: Motel over here. There you go.
0: Next week, uh,
1: either Shazam or Pet Cemetery, or not next week. I'm sorry. Next uh, in, episode, yeah, in two next weeks. episode in two weeks. Either Pet Cemetery or Shazam. We haven't really decided yet, and it's going to depend on um, Pet Cemeteries. What's, <laughs> if, if <laughs> if Pet Cemeteries in theaters, but I'll put up a Twitter poll. So uh, vote on that to tell us what you want us to do first, because we will do both of them. But it's just which one are we going to get to first? Um, thanks for listening. We are on uh, podcasts. Uh, apps anywhere. So you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, pretty much anywhere else that you can think of. We're on it. Uh, leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on there. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. We're on Twitter at Twitter, uh, on Twitter at blood and black rum. And we have an email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Let us know what you want to see us cover. Uh like I said, we are we definitely are gonna keep in mind Jack Frost for uh future episode when we can get to it.
0: Man, it would've been great if we got the post uh like a week ago when Sp- Yeah, Wait, right. Then we the, then we could have uh the
1: spring thaw. Yeah, we could we could have uh worked it right in there. So but uh other than that, thank you for listening. We will be back in two weeks and we're gonna have a uh very uh special. Very special episodes uh, could be two, maybe three in a row. Who knows? So,
0: be a lot of fun. Enjoy opening day of baseball tomorrow, people. Yep.
1: Enjoy opening day. Enjoy March Madness. I'm still doing very well. Thank you. Ninety fifth percent. Wow. <laughs>
0: which fucking su- by the way, which fucking sucks. Because like for the past five years, I've beaten you. Well, in our brackets, and this year I did. I just put it together real fast. Randomly. Well, so did I. You know, I did pick against the ACC. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like Maryland picked against Syracuse got lucky when I picked Minn um well no that's the Louisville game. Yeah. Uh I did pick Minnesota over Louisville. Like, you know, just went like, oh he's you know, bam, bam, bam. And then I picked Tom Izzo with MSU to win uh win the title. Yep. Because Michigan State's always in the final four and always somehow, you know, does well. Big oh. Tom Izzo fan, so Yeah. So enjoy uh,
1: opening day of baseball. Enjoy March Madness, and we hope to see you back for our episode in two weeks.
0: Take care.